Praise God. Revelation chapter 21. And also, if you could put a finger on, on your uh, Psalm number 18. And uh, we're in a time of resisting, a great time of resistance, a time when the enemy is trying to resist the church. He's trying to resist the advancement of God's kingdom. He's trying to resist um, God's promises and, his, uh, and the word of God and the prophecies in the word of God from coming to pass. So what he's doing is he's causing resistance against and, and trying to quench or paralyze uh, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, uh, to, to, to discourage and to drag down and to weary them. And uh, we read it actually, I think it was um, Monday night or Thursday night here. You know, in Daniel, um, it, it, it speaks about um, the accuser, uh, the, the, the enemy, uh, that's what he does is he, he causes the, the, the people of God to get totally drained and discouraged and wearied. And so I encourage you tonight, you know, uh, come expecting to get filled up and edified by the Spirit of God and, and uh, ready for road again in Jesus' name. Yeah. Revelation 21. I was just uh, reading this um, this morning. And uh, thank you, Jesus. I, I, I was going to read it from the, the Amplified, um, but uh, let's read it together, actually. Just read it from the, uh, the regular New King James, first of all. And we read it from verse 1 down as far as uh, verse um, 8. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat in the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And, you know, Revelation chapter um, 20 and 21 clearly lay out the, the, you know, what John saw in that vision of, of the end times and of the... Uh, the return of, of Jesus. But what I wanted to focus on here today was, you know what he says there? Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. So many times through the word of God, the Lord speaks this and he says, I will be their God and they will be my people. And 
uh, how this is brought to pass is, is through this um, relationship between God and his people uh, in, you know, in um, Galatians and uh, Ephesians, sorry, it, it mentions that a marriage is, uh, you know, the way the husband treats the wife and the way the wife treats the husband is the relationship that God desires to have with his people. And so there's a, a, a transformation that's required of us because, of course, uh, we are living in the world. We're, you know, coming along with all of our baggage, all of our things from the past, things even from generations past. And the thing is, is that God, you know, he wants, he sent his Holy Spirit to cause transformation. And he speaks about it in Romans chapter 12, you know, do not be conformed to this world the way that this world says you should act, says you should behave, says you, you know, uh, that things should be. But be, con be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as our minds are renewed with his, with his word and by the power of his spirit, what happens is, is almost like, you know, when I go to the ironing board, uh, very rarely, says mom, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, when you go to the ironing board and you have this really wrinkled piece of fabric and then, and then you, you iron and you let out loads of steam and all these wrinkles and everything disappear magically and suddenly you're, you're, you have this garment that looks perfect and you see, that's what God wants. And he's speaking here about the new Jerusalem that is uh, going to come down. But the thing is, is that, and, and the new Jerusalem is called the bride of Christ. But the church, the, each one of us, we're part of his body. And the body of Christ is also called the bride of Christ. And so you've got this Jer new Jerusalem coming down. And you've got the bride of Christ, the church, coming up both to meet the Lord. And uh, I just thought it was a beautiful um, revelation. I'll just read it here from, from the Amplified. I saw a new sky, heaven, and a new earth, for the former sky and former heaven had passed away, vanished, and there no longer existed any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, all arrayed like a bride, beautified and adorned for her husband. And when I was reading that this morning, that thought just struck me. What bride doesn't prepare herself for her wedding day? What bride doesn't prepare herself um, for, her, for her new husband? And we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about the, the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. And, and I really feel that this is key to where we need to be right now, is that we need to be preparing. And um, this beautifying and adorning, uh, you know, it comes from... Uh, the Lord is building right now you know, he's building this new Jerusalem in heaven and, and this new earth. And the thing is, is that, remember in, in um, Corinthians, isn't it? He says, behold, I make all things new. When anyone accepts and receives Jesus as their Lord, they are a new creation. Jesus spoke about it with Nicodemus. Um, and really, I, the word I, I heard, you know, is, is like... Uh, a second chance or, or another chance, another time. 
And Nicodemus that night with Jesus, you know, he said, how can I? Jesus said, you know, you, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can I, being an old man, go back into the womb of my mother? And Jesus said, no, you're not understanding. The, the flesh is, gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And so... Um, as we gain understanding that, you know, the Lord is doing a deep work in the church right now. He said in, in, Hag in Haggai, the prophet, you know, he said, I will shake everything that can be shaken. Uh, in Hebrews, he said it, so that only the unshakable things can remain. And the thing is, is that when we uh, are in that intimate relationship with the Lord, as him and us intimate together, in the way that a man and a wife are intimate together. Uh, you know, the, he, he says in Ephesians that husbands, you know, love your wives the way that Jesus loved the church. Well, Jesus laid down his life for the church. And so that's the way husbands are to behave to their wives. And wives, you're to respect and honor your husbands. And um, this can be quite difficult, you know, because uh, in the world, and, and like we said earlier in, in Romans chapter 12, where it says, you know, don't be conformed to what the world tells you. We have right now this ma major argument, you know, that's been going on with years of, of um, men hate, you know, women hating men or men hating women. And, you know, there's no cohesion. And the thing is, is that Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. And you see, the, the love of God has to be the thing that motivates us. It has to be uh, the love of God that, that fills us because that's the way that we are going to uh, move forward. We're going to advance. The kingdom of God will advance. And praise God. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm tripping over my words here now, but this is exciting. If we could get a hold of this. There's a new Jerusalem going to come down. Uh, in the millennial age but there's a, a bride of Christ also going to come up and that is the church and so the more that the wrinkles and the the issues that the Lord brings to light in us as he shines his glory like Jesus said I am the light of the world so when the Lord shines his light in areas where we need to uh, bring correction or where we need to to uh, you know ask God's wisdom and one of these areas is fear and stress and worry and tension and being rocked by everything that's going on and and so it's so important for us to keep focused on the word of God so that we can uh, remain stable and fixed like it says in Psalm 91 those who dwell in the secret place remain stable and fixed under the shadow of his wings in Isaiah chapter 26 it says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you and so one of the things we need to do to watch out for is fear and and uh, stress but also um, let's have a look here actually then I heard a mighty voice from the throne and I perceived its distinct words saying, the abode of God is with men and he will live with them, uh, encamp and tent among them and they shall be his people and God shall personally be with them and be their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more, neither shall there be anguish sorrow or mourning nor grief or pain anymore for the old conditions and the former order of things have passed away and he who is seated on the throne said see I make all things new 
Well, this is exactly what he's spoken in Corinthians when he said, you know, uh, behold, when we, uh, you are a new creation, all things have become new. And so we need to live new-minded uh, and stop allowing the infiltration or the influence of what is going on in the world, what they're saying on the news, what uh, other people are speaking out. Because, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're speaking with unbelievers or if you're speaking with Christians who are full of unbelief or full of fear, that's all that's going to be coming out. We need to guard ourselves because we are the bride of Christ. And there is a day coming where we will meet the Lord and... Uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, we need to understand that uh, we have to first receive his love and receive what it is he says about us, who he says we are, in order to be able to uh, advance the kingdom of God. Um, in, can you keep your finger there and just go to uh, Psalm 18. Lord, I praise you today now in Jesus' name. And I bind every spirit of confusion, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I break the power of every assignment. And I thank you, Father, for clarity and uh, your wisdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Psalm 18 is a long psalm. (laughs) But uh, if you bear with me. uh, It says in the Amplified, I love you fervently and devotedly, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. So you see, not only is he uh, our foundation, he's our rock, but he is also our fortress, the one who protects us, and our deliverer, the one who rescues and saves us. My God, my keen and firm strength, in whom I will trust and take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my safe place, another version says. I will call upon the Lord, who is to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. And you know, our enemies, um, the enemy, the devil, uses many things to be an enemy to God's people. He can use spirits of fear, sickness, um, destruction. He can use other people. He can use, you know, many different, uh, take on many different uh, Forms in order to, to come against and to stop people from receiving breakthrough. The cords or bands of death surrounded me, and the streams of ungodliness and the torrents of ruin terrified me. The cords of Sheol, the place of the dead, surrounded me. The snares of death confronted and came upon me. In my distress, when seemingly closed in, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, He heard my voice out of his temple, out of his heavenly dwelling place, and my cry came before him into his very ears. Then the earth quaked and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled. They moved and were shaken because he was indignant and angry. There went up smoke from his nostrils and lighting out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and thick darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub in a storm and flew swiftly. Yes, he sped on with the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret hiding place as his pavilion, his canopy round about him, were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Out of the brightness before him there broke forth through his thick clouds hailstones and coals of fire. 
The Lord also thundered from the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice amid hailstones and coals of fire, and he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he flashed forth lightnings and put them to rout. You know, this is how God reacts for his children, at the cry of his children. We need to understand and realize, you know, the devil is terrified that the church the people of God, the children, the sons and daughters of God would actually understand how much God is for us, how much he loves us and what power and what might is available to us. And, you know, again, go back to any parent and they hear their their child cry. They're going to run straight out and see what is it? What's wrong? How can I help? What can I do? How can I protect you know, this little one. I was just looking there um, at pictures uh, from Afghanistan and I'm sure you saw it uh, at the airport. You know, people were there and they were lifting their babies up over a gate to give them, to give them to somebody, to put them on a plane, to get them out of there. You know, imagine being in that kind of position and I was just thinking about that That's what the Lord has done for his children to the church. He is, you know, bringing his children, his sheep, the flock, into the church. And he wants, uh, you know, believers, people who who, uh, know the Lord and who love him and who want to see his kingdom advancing. He is bringing his children. and, And we're going to see, you know, there's an outpouring of his glory Gosh, everybody's so quiet here tonight. <laughs> Would anyone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. But um, the thing is, is that I, I just, when I saw that picture of, of those parents lifting their children over that gate, I said, Lord, that's what you're doing. You, you know, he brings his, his children. And where are they going to get help? They're getting no help in the world. You know, if they've got mental health issues, uh, there's such waiting lists for counselors. Such, and, and yet the church... You know, we really need to, to cop on and, and, and I believe that uh, we need to get a vision. And you see, when we read there in, in Revelation chapter 21, the thing is, is that's what God expects and that's what's going to happen. And very often it's difficult uh, for people. Um, you know, you see athletes and um, so... I have a niece and and she's an athlete and, you know, she's got all these things up in her wall, goals and targets. My own husband was an athlete himself and I've often spoken to him about this. I think that very often what happens is, is especially as as we go through life, you know, and get knocked down and different things, that the the spark is knocked out of people. Uh, When you talk to a little child three, four years of age, you say, what would you like to be? An astronaut, Superman, you know, and and we have all these massive dreams when we're little and then uh, life knocks things out of people and and gets them to conform and to sit down and shut up and, you know, do this. But um, athletes, uh, we've just had the Olympics and so for the last four years, those people who went to the Olympics have had just that goal on their wall. Tokyo, you know, and for the next four years, there's people now already training and, uh, you know, aiming to get there. And so they have, you know, these, these goals set. And the thing is, is that the goal of the church is 
that we are the bride of Christ and we are the, the body of Christ on this earth and we are given a mandate by God to operate in his kingdom principles and to go out and to uh, you know, bring change and transformation. But how can that happen if we are not transformed and if we are happy with you know, the same old, same old? And so we have to get to this place. And um, this is, you know, God's heart is for his children. His heart is for healing. In Ezekiel 34, he speaks about the shepherds. There's the good shepherds and, uh, sorry, the bad shepherds and there's the good shepherd. And these bad shepherds were, were not ministering to his flock uh, the way he wanted them. And instead they were actually you know, um, trampling the, the waters and muddying the waters. And he said, but I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd goes after those sheep, especially the lost sheep, that one who has got isolated, who has run far away or who's got caught in a thicket. And he goes and he rescues that sheep, puts him on his shoulders and brings him back to the sheepfold and ministers to him, heals his wounds, bandages them and brings him back to wholeness. And that's what God's mandate is. And as the church, that's what we need to aspire to, to realize that we are the bride of Christ. And that, yes, the bride of Christ is, you know, the, the brand new city of Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth. And it is coming down and God is building it right now. But he has told us that we need to be building right now and building towards uh, you know, advancing his kingdom and becoming the people who is called us to be. And so we have to realize that he is there waiting. And when he hears our cry, he comes running. And uh, the people of Israel, you know, when they were in the wilderness and Moses was sent up on the mountain by God, all of the people could have gone up on the mountain, but they chose not to. They said, no, Moses. They heard the lightning, they, or they saw the lightning and they heard the thunder and they got frightened and they said, no, it's fearful. Uh, we don't want to go near him. Don't let him talk to us. Tell him, in fact, stop talking to us because he's frightening us. Uh, instead, look, Moses, you go, you go up on the mountain. And, you know, Moses went up on the mountain and it's in, in Exodus chapter 33 there and uh, 34. And when Moses went up in the mountain, he was up there in the presence of God. That's where those people could have been. And, and that's where the Lord desires us to be. Face-to-face -face encounters. A man and a wife in a marriage, they have face-to-face -face encounters. You know, you don't, you don't have a marriage where two people live in two totally uh, different sides of the, of the house. That, that's, that's not, you know, relationship and intimacy. And this is what God desires for us. And it's in that place of intimacy, of, of allowing the Lord to bring those things to the surface that need to be dealt with. Uh, and, and to bringing those situations that, you know, that terrify people or, or make them afraid. Bringing them to the Lord and allowing him to minister his love, to heal up those wounds and to bring wholeness and it's, it's from that place, that's where the power of God and that's where the revival is going to happen. And he said, you know, mom's always saying that scripture, if my people who are called by my name, so often the church speaks out that scripture and, and, and they're thinking of all the, you know, sinners and the this and that, but he, he's quite clear. It's if my people 
who are called by my name will humble themselves. And there's a humbling of our, and humbling ourselves is never easy. And it's very often not pretty. <laughs> because uh, we're going to read that here in a minute. Let's keep reading actually in, in, um, in Psalm 18. I'll just finish that scripture from uh, Chronicles. If my people who are, you know it as well, come on. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Well, in 13, the Lord also thundered from the heavens and the Most High uttered his voice and made hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them and he flashed forth lightning and put them to rout. Then the beds of the sea appeared and the foundation of the world was laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He reached from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. And as I was saying, when Moses went up on that mountain, the people were down below. And they should have been up there on that mountain with him. Because when Moses came down, he was totally transformed. He radiated the glory of God so much that they made him, you know, he was, he was causing their eyes to be stung by the light. And back in Revelation chapter 21, if you read it yourself at home, go on. You know, it goes on to say about how there is no darkness there because the Lord uh, will be the light. And we have to see that, that God wants to radiate through us. And uh, when Moses came down, as I said, they made him cover his face with the veil. But you know, those people, they had spent all their time murmuring and complaining and giving out. Why is he gone so long? What's he doing? Who is he anyway? You know, what's happening here? And what happened is they actually entered into sin and they made this golden calf and it caused a repercussion for all that generation that none of them entered into the promised land. And this is the thing we need to be careful of. You know, he does speak in thundering and lightning, uh, but his desire is to reach down and to pull you out of those deep waters where the enemy is making you feel like, you know, I, I'm overwhelmed, I cannot go on. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated and abhorred me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted and came upon me in the day of my calamity. But look at this. The Lord was my stay and support. You know, when we, when we put up a tent or, or, or you put out a, a, something, a clothesline or something out on the, the garden, but, you know, you have to, to tighten uh, some ropes and put stays into the ground so that that thing will stay uh, in wind and rain and so it won't blow over. And this is what the Lord, you know, where, when my enemy came against me, the Lord was my stay and support. It's the word of God that will keep you strong. It's the word of God that will refresh you again and bring joy. It's the word of God that will, you know, cleanse you. Jesus said, you've been washed and clean because of the word I spoke to you. And so he brought me forth also out into a large place or a broad place. Another version says a safe place. Uh, he was delivering me because he was pleased with me and delighted in me. Do you know that? That God loves you. He is pleased with you. He is proud of you. You know, the enemy has, has beat down and broken more people with that one single thought. 
you know, that nobody likes me, nobody is proud of me, nobody is for me. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Will you say that with me? God, God. I thank you. I thank you. Father, Father, you are pleased with me. You delight in me. And you have saved me. And rescued me. You are my strength and my fortress. In Jesus' name. Amen. It goes on to say in 20, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. You know, it's, it all boils back down to righteousness. And this is where we, and, and you know, I think I say this every single week, but we have to understand fully what Jesus Christ was doing at the cross. The price he paid, not only for our healing from sickness and disease, but the price he paid to make us right with God so that we can walk into his presence as his child. And he says, come here, my darling child. You know, it's because of that righteousness. And, and um, at the start of Psalm 18 there, it says that, you know, the Lord is my rock. Uh, our foundation has to be on righteousness, Amen. that we are right with God. Amen. Amen? For I have kept the ways of the Lord, yeah. And um, he says here in, uh, this is David, you know, talking. And David is, what David is doing here is, is what he did back when he was facing the Philistines. He's encouraging himself in the Lord because so often, again, the enemy uses thoughts and, and uh, you know, batters and assaults people with, you're not good enough, you're worthless, you didn't do this right, you shouldn't have said that, you shouldn't have done this because this is now what they think or whatever. You know, and there's all these thoughts that go on in people's heads that drag them down. But David here, you know, he, he reminded himself that he is righteous because he believes in God and because he's trusted in him and because he has kept his ways and, uh, and, and obeyed his word. And um, he goes on saying in 23, I was upright before him and blameless with him, ever on guard to keep myself free from my sin and guilt. Therefore has the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, my uprightness and right standing with him, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the kind and merciful, you will show yourself kind and merciful. With an upright man, you will show yourself upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the perverse, you will show yourself contrary. For you will deliver an afflicted and humble people, but will bring down those with haughty looks. For you cause my lamp to be lighted and to shine. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. We read that um, there as well last week. You know, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So this is what happened uh, with Moses when he was on the mountain. He was totally illuminated with the glory of God. This is how God wants us to live. He wants us to live illuminated and radiant with his love and with his glory. And that is the light that is going to attract Amen. the unbelievers. Amen. You know, Amen. Uh, not the sour pusses. Uh, not the, the mouthing off and, 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 and the murmuring or the complaining but the joy and the, uh, the joy of the Lord and the light that radiates in Psalm 34 he says you know they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed there's something that occurs when we have a face to face encounter with the Lord and what it is is that a natural luminous uh, illumination happens from his glory and that's why we're transformed and it says uh, 
In 28, you cause my lamp to be lighted and to shine. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. I love that. For by you, I can run through a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. Whatever kind of wall is in your way, whatever kind of stronghold or fortress the enemy has put up, whether it's a sickness or a work situation or a family situation or or fear, whatever it is, depression, you know, these things are like brick walls in front of people. And and suddenly, you know, when people look at them and they they can get overwhelmed. But what David is saying here is that because of the glory of God that comes from that relationship with him, based on righteousness, I can uh, run against any army, any army, enemy army that the enemy sends out, any um, wall that the enemy tries to build, I can overcome it and leap over it. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested and tried. He is a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? Or who is the rock uh, save our God? The God who girds me with strength makes my way perfect. Will you say that? God, you gird me with strength and you make my way perfect. You make my feet like hinds feet able to stand firm and make progress on even the most dangerous heights you set me securely on my high places in Jesus name amen you know that's what he does those deer or those those animals that have that particular type of hoof it doesn't matter I think donkeys have it as well don't they because uh, over the wood line where I used to live there was this sheer drop like this and the donkeys were always on it and you'd look at them and you'd say how are they standing there uh, and the deer you know were up and down there as well and that's what he wants yes you may be on uh, on very uneven ground it may feel really scary there might be a massive drop but the lord will light your path he said your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path Uh, he will light the way for you he will strengthen you he will have you to stand in very dangerous circumstances do you want to stand (laughs) are you standing he will set you securely there and then he says uh, I I, I really feel that people need to hear this tonight because you know this psalm is really encapsulating what God wants for you. He wants you to understand that you are strong in the Lord and that it doesn't matter what kind of storm is blowing outside. Once you're inside in that place of his presence and have that place, that that intimacy and that peace with him, there's nothing that you will not accomplish and you will stay standing and you will come out the other side of it. He teaches your hands to war so that your arms can bend a bow, a bow of bronze. He's given you the shield of his salvation and his right hand has held you up. His gentleness and condescension, condescension has made uh, you great. He has given you plenty of room for your steps under you that your feet will not slip. He has allowed you to pursue your enemies and overtake them and you won't turn back again until they are all consumed. And you know, further down here, it says in 44, uh, he's talking about the enemies here. In 43, say, you have delivered me from my accusers, from the strivings of people. 
You have made me the head of nations, a people I have not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me or they submitted to me. Foreigners submitted themselves cringingly and yielded feigned obedience to me. He's talking here about the authority that the believer has. And, uh, you know, these foreigners, these are the enemies that the, that the devil uses to set up strongholds in people's lives. And it says in 45, foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their caves or strongholds. This is relating to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. When Jesus said, behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you the authority to trample on those snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Here what he's saying is, uh, you know, these enemies came out of the caves, they came out of the strongholds where they were hiding and that's inside of us. There are things, you know, that the enemy has set up inside of us. It can be, uh, you know, a fear stronghold, an oppression. It can be something coming down the generations. It can be an offense, easily offended, or strife, or contention, whatever it is. Uh, These things need to be uncovered. And it's only by the light, the glory of God, uh, shining, and, and where we submit to him. You know, we sing that song, Lord, have your way in me. Uh, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Well, how many of us are singing that song, and yet there's areas, uh, parts of our hearts, parts of our lives that are shut doors, you know, don't open that door. No, I don't want to go there. And this is the thing. If we want him to have his way, Moses said, Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your ways. David said it. Lord, teach me your ways. As we understand his ways, uh, and as we obey, obey it and do it, you know, there's going to be breakthrough. And so I encourage you to, Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. To open up those areas, those, there's, there's things there's things hiding in caves or in strongholds. If you go back with me to Deuteronomy chapter um, 7. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, it's uh, recalling the, the commandments again. And uh, then in Deuteronomy 7, he says something interesting. talking about bringing his people into the promised land bringing them into to breakthrough and uh, he is warning them not to make alignments with you know the the Canaanites the Perizzites the Amorites all these ites the Jebusites he's telling them don't make covenants or alignments with them don't let your children intermarry with them Again, you've got this, this issue of, of, of marriage here because, you see, uh, there needs to be uh, these people 
worshipped false gods and they didn't worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of heaven who created the heavens and the earth, the most high God. And God was warning them. And you see, this is the same for us today. There are things that go on in the world. There are uh, things that we need to guard ourselves and, and be very worry, be very careful and wary of because they're a recipe for destruction and disaster and an open door for the enemy. And so he was warning them here. And then he went on in uh, verse 11, Deuteronomy 7, 11. You shall therefore keep and do the instructions, laws and precepts which I command you this day. And if you hearken to these precepts, and keep and do them. The Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love which he has sworn to your fathers. And he will love you. Isn't that amazing? That's all God wanted to do with his people, was to love them and to bless them and to protect them. And he is the same yesterday, today and forever. It's no different for you and me. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your body your children, the fruit of your land, your grain, your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land which he swore to your fathers to give you. He wants to bless every part of our lives. And where we have, uh, you know, uh, shut doors to the Lord or where we say, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I, I'll uh, spend some time with the Lord now, uh, Wednesday. Uh, I'll have time or, you know, we, we need to make our time with him a priority so that we can have that face-to-face -face encounter, the bride with the groom, uh, where his glory is, is being poured upon us in such a way that we go out different and radiate, uh, be transformed. And so he wants to love you. And he says, you will be blessed above all peoples, there shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt which you knew. And he will put, which you knew, will he put upon you, but will lay them upon all who hate you. And you shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will give to you. So he's saying here, all those plagues, all those things you saw happen in Egypt. You know, he said, I will make sure that you are protected from every one of those things. And the days we're in right now, we are in the days, just like the people of Israel were in, when they were living in the land of Egypt. And all these things were going on. But in Goshen, they had light. In Goshen, you know, where, where the Israelites lived, uh, it was like, I don't know. Was it a suburb or something? But uh, that's where they lived. And the things, the plagues, the pestilences, they did not affect God's people. And he's promising that same thing to us. But there is a, there is um, a condition, and it is that we hearken to his voice and that we obey his commands. And you see, praise God. I just saw that in Revelation 21, God is right now building this new Jerusalem, this, this new heaven and new earth that's going to come down. And he wants us to be building here. So in order to build, we need to lay bare the foundation 
The foundation needs to be right. It needs to be based on the righteousness that we have through Jesus and his blood and the cross. And then we need to build with those bricks. You know, he says, you're living stones. He's the chief cornerstone. And so you can't build until you've, you know, in a, in a, a building site, they have to get rid of all the debris. They have to cut away all the branches, all the areas where uh, things can be hidden. Uh, everything has to be cleaned out in order for this new building to go up. And that's what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. And how do we do it? We do it by the power of his spirit. Can we just look quickly at uh, Galatians chapter 5? It feels really quiet, like everybody's <laughs> asleep. <laughs> Not at all. Galatians chapter 5. Well, we read it together in verse uh, 16. Well, let's go back to 13, okay? For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Amen. And, uh, you know, walking in the spirit there is uh, translated as keeping in step. So uh, in God's army and in his kingdom, you know, when you see a, an army out and marching, if, if all of them are marching different ways, it, it doesn't look very coherent. And it certainly doesn't look like it's got any strength. But uh, when an army marches together and they're in perfect unison, uh, they're advancing and they're taking ground. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants uh, the kingdom of God to advance. He wants the church to advance. He wants ground to be taken off the enemy, where the enemy has been destroying people and causing all kinds of problems in families, causing all kinds of problems in nations, in, in churches, in communities, in villages and towns. God wants his people to be radiant with his glory so that, you know, people are going, what? What is it about you? Like, what is that light in you? 
and, and where, where we are in such a place that we're bearing fruit. Remember he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, mm-hmm. and, and by their fruit you'll know them. Mm-hmm. And so we need to see fruit. We need to see, uh, our God wants to see change and transformation where the way we used to react before or the way we used to behave like this before that now we're different yes. you know and that's the thing all of us have messed up and and done stupid things said stupid things or, or whatever but god he's so merciful you know it says in lamentations 3 uh, his mercies are new every morning we get a fresh start a fresh start a fresh start for every part of life. A fresh start for families. A fresh start in terms of health and physical bodies. You know, because of what Jesus did for us at the cross, we get a total fresh start when we walk in the Spirit and keep in step with what He's doing. And so there's this, you know, in, in um, uh, Matthew, I think it is, uh, if you want to... Was it Matthew? I think it is. Matthew 23, and it's somewhere then as well in, in Mark, but... Um, maybe it's not sorry I was reading it today but um, I can't remember now but anyway um, Jesus was at the the Passover meal with his disciples and he was just after divulging to them that one of you is a devil and will betray me and they're all going who is it Lord who is it and it says in, um, I'm very sure it was Matthew I was reading that today, but anyway, and, and Peter calls John. <laughs> it says that Peter called the one who, who laid his breast, or who laid his head on, on the breast of Jesus and said, hey, find out who it is. And so it says that um, the one who laid his, his head on the breast of Jesus laid back, you know, and you just see this and he's going, who is it, Lord? And it's from that place of intimacy you know, if if uh, if uh, Tim and Bree there, if if Bree, if she laid her head up on Tim's breast, you know that, that that's a that's a very intimate uh, kind of a a movement, and that's what John did to Jesus, and Jesus said, "It's the one that I dip my bread and give it to him." Mm-hmm. You know, God, he's the he's the revealer of secrets, and and he will reveal things and show us things. He said, "I'll show you great and mighty things which you have not known." And so it's from that place, uh, none of the other disciples, you know, none of them were lying on his breast to hear that. And just God desires that, that you take that time to come away with him and spend time where you can be refreshed. You're, you know, that's why he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me by the streams of living water. He, he, he leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. Our soul, our mind, our emotions get calmed down and quieted down in his presence. And it's from that place that we are refreshed and strengthened and energized to go back out into the world. And that's where the ministry will take place. And that's what's going to draw people. That's where you're going to see people being healed and delivered and set free. Is as the believers take that time to make the Lord a priority. Thank you, Jesus. Just very briefly, we might just um, read uh, Exodus chapter 33.
three or four, I think it is. Are you happy? Yes. Yeah. Amen. And don't let the enemy's lies drag you down. Amen. Don't listen to him because he's a liar. Jesus exposed him for what he is. He said he's a liar and a murderer. He's a liar from the beginning and he's the father of lies. And this is why we need to make sure what we're hearing, where is this coming from? You need to ask yourself the question, where is this thought coming from? Where is that you know, uh, conversation? Where is that stemming from? Is it coming from, from the Lord? Because if it is, it will be like we read, the, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. But if it's not, it's from the enemy. And uh, it will drag you down and it will, it will quench the Spirit of God and, and quench your joy and your strength. Um, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm actually losing myself. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, in uh, Exodus 33. And um, this is the NLT. I don't know, I, I love this and it's ripped to shreds, but um, it says in, in uh, verse 7, it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. That's the place where he met God. And you see, um, I think we read it in Revelation. It says that God's tabernacle is now with his people and he will dwell with us. So you are his tabernacle now. And uh, that's, that's the covenant we have, the new covenant. It's a better covenant. And it says, I think, in, um, in Galatians as well, in, uh, it says, you know, when Moses had the old covenant... And he shone with the glory of God. How, sorry, it's in Corinthians. How much greater a covenant we have and that we should shine with his glory for him. And uh, whenever uh, Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Praise God. That's what he wants with you. He wants face to face encounters. And what happens is, is that your face will then radiate his glory and his Amen. love. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just release this word tonight and we thank you. We thank you, Lord. You're so wonderful, Lord. You are so beautiful. Your love is so great. And we thank you, Lord, that each and every single person here, Lord, is your child, uh, is so valuable and precious to you that you sent your son, your only son, Jesus, to die in our place and to pay the price for our sins so that we could be redeemed and brought back into relationship with you. Lord, 
Lord Jesus, we rejoice at what you've yes. done, at what you achieved. And we thank you, Lord, that you set your eyes, you set your face like flint, and you endured the cross for the joy that was beyond it. And the joy was us as your brothers and sisters. Oh, Lord, we thank you, and we worship you tonight. And we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for a fresh impartation of the revelation of your word by the power of your spirit, Lord. We ask you to baptize us afresh, Lord. We thank you for a mighty move of your spirit in each one of our lives, Lord, and that we would radiate with your glory in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We bless your name. We praise you, Jesus. And you know, in Revelation 21, it goes on to say that God says, I am the fountain of living water, and I will pour that water upon whoever is thirsty. And so we say this together. Father God, I am thirsty. I seek you with my whole heart, and I ask you to pour out your living water upon me. Pour out your spirit like you promised, and transform me from glory to glory into the very image of your Son. I thank you, Jesus, for for uh, my roots going down deep into your love and that I thrive as I receive your love and I am a vessel that you can use to pour out your love everywhere I go in Jesus name Amen you know whenever you're even if you're going into work or going uh, home or into situations, you know, even going into shops, actually, the masks are so handy, aren't they? Because you can pray away and nobody is saying, that was nuts, she's talking to herself. I think it's one, one advantage of the mask that I've discovered. But, you know, you can just pray, Lord, I thank you that as I walk in this place, Lord, the atmosphere in this shop, the atmosphere in this workplace, the atmosphere in this home changes, Lord, because I declare in Jesus' name the Spirit of God is the Spirit in charge, and I command Amen. every unclean spirit out of this place. And I thank you, Lord, you've given me the authority, and I take my authority. Uh, you know, this is how we need to, to pray, and this is what... Uh, you know, taking up your armor and taking up your weapons. He, we, we didn't get to it, but in Psalm 18, it says, he trains my hands for war. And he, with, with his power, I can bend a bow of bronze. Hallelujah. You know, so the thing is, is you don't even realize how strong you are. You don't realize the calling that's on your life, the ministry that God has put inside of you to minister to other people. And as you receive, his love you will see uh, people will be magnetized to you Amen. they will be drawn they, people uh, who are Christians should be the most magnetic people in a room and people should be drawn to you but you know what often happens because uh, sadly what we see with a lot of Christians is mouthing off and, 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 and criticizing or whatever and, and people keep away from them you know this is this needs to change church we need to change, and it changes with me. It changes with you. We're all individuals. God goes after us, uh, you know, and he ministers to us one-to-one. Uh, 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 -one. And that's what he wants, is one-to-one, face-to-face encounters. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.